Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And our text today is taken from that book of Ephesians where Paul talks about the great love of God. And he says, May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you then being rooted and grounded in that love may have strength to comprehend, to comprehend, to understand with all the saints the, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Dear friends of Christ, you know, there are several things in this world that are beyond our comprehension. For example, some people don't know how engines work, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of uh, dysfunctional that way, while other people don't know how a computer works. And uh, you may know how to use a computer, you may be able to drive a car, but you don't know, you don't know how, how the thing is moving or why it's working. I, uh, we were talking the other day about record, you know, how our kids don't know what records are. And, and, but even, even that old technology where you have a, a plastic a plastic disc with grooves in it, and then you take a needle and you put it in the grooves and it picks up sound from the grooves and sends it through some wires into a speaker and you have music. That's, does anybody know really how that happens? Uh, maybe, maybe some of you understand the, you know, the technology behind all that and it's comprehensible to you, but to others, uh, we can't explain it. It's incomprehensible. Um, again, some things are incomprehensible simply because of their size. They're, they're larger than we, than we can imagine. I want you to think about the size of a star. You know, you think about our sun. Our sun is 870,000 miles in diameter from one end to the other, right? 8,700 miles. That, that kind of distance is hard to imagine. That's, that's a long way. It takes a long time to get from one side of the sun to the other. You can fit one million planet Earths inside the sun. One million planet Earths. And, and our sun is just a small star. There are trillions of stars, and there are larger stars. The largest star that we know is called the UY Scuddy. It's a bright red, supergiant, and pulsating variable star. I have to read that because I'm not even smart enough to say all that right? It's an incredible star is what they're trying to tell you. Um, it's 9,500 light years away. You know how fast light travels. 9,500 light years. It's just, the distance boggles the mind. It's, and this star is huge. It's three billion times, three billion times the diameter of our sun. It can hold five billion of our suns inside of it Whew. we can't comprehend something that huge that's incomprehensible we really can't comprehend a trillion the, you know things that big a trillion you know you can think about numbers i want you to think about taking steps and you think about the distance it takes you to walk 12 steps and now and you can kind of imagine that right you now take a distance of a hundred steps a distance of a thousand. It gets a little more difficult. How far is a thousand? How far would a thousand steps be? And then you say a trillion steps. Well, if you were to walk a trillion steps, how many times around the world could you walk? Well, it takes us 67 million steps just to walk around the earth. So you'd have to walk around the earth 15,000 times to get in a trillion steps. So you, those of you with your pedometers, 
you better get started, all right? So again, there, there, there are things, again, that are incomprehensible, things we can't fathom, things that are so big. God's like that, mind-blowing, beyond our, beyond our understanding. And I, the reason why I point to this is because of the incomprehensible nature of God. We tend to make God small, and matter of fact, people want to control God, and we don't like to talk about how God is beyond our comprehension, how God is, is larger than you can even think. Because that's terrifying. To have a God who you're going to have to stand before, who made stars that are incomprehensible and made a universe that is incomprehensible, and then he is, has the power of the universe, and he has the power of all things, and his power is incomprehensible, and we have to stand before him, it's terrifying. So we make God small, we shrink him up, it's, 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 we break the first commandment, we, we create another God. We create an idol that, that's small and controllable and, and a God that, that we can fit, that fits into who we want him to be. God says, oh, I'm, I'm far beyond anything you can imagine. You can't even fathom me. People hate to think about it because they, don't want, to con- they want to be able to control God. But in our text, Paul addresses the love of God. He addresses the power of God, the very nature of God. He wants to make he wants us to comprehend that which is incomprehensible. So that's my task today. To get you to comprehend His love that is incomprehensible. You know, the people who want to make God small because of His great power, if they shrink God down, they also shrink His love. You don't want to shrink God's love because His love is incomprehensible. So we want our God to be great. We want our God to be all-powerful because he's all, if He's all-powerful, if He is, a, is he as great as He tells us that He is, and He is, then so is His love for you. It's a love that you can't wrap your mind around. And I think you need to remember that. His love is bigger than you can imagine. How much does God love you? You know, I can say, well, I know how much I love my kids. God, maybe God loves me as much as I love my kids. Oh, you haven't even scratched the surface of the immense love of God. Our text talks about that. Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees before my Father in heaven, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name, that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory, the riches of his power and might, to be strengthened through his power in his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you then, being rooted and grounded in that love, as Christ lives in you, may be able to comprehend what's going on. And comprehend with all the other people of God who are trying to understand what's going on. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of God's love? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you can be filled up to the fullness of God. Isn't what Paul is praying is that you would comprehend the incomprehensible? He speaks of the breadth and the height and the depth. It's, it's like a box. He says, I want you to think about how tall it is and how, how, deep, how deep it is and how wide it is. And then he puts you in the middle of the box, right? Now that's good because I can, con- I can conceptualize a box. And so he puts me in the middle of a box and I think, okay, here I am in the box and God says, how big is my love? And I said, I don't know, how big is it, God? 
And he says, think about high and, and down and, and this way and that way. And I think, okay, I can think that. It's this big. It's, it's bigger? It's this big? It's bigger? Well, God, we can't make the box too big because, because if it gets too big, my mind can't figure that out. So don't try to confuse me, but I want you to understand the height and the depth and the width and the length. I want you to understand how much God has loved you. And pretty soon we say, it's beyond our knowledge. The height and depth is beyond something we can imagine. Paul tried to describe the love of God and his vast love, God's vast love to the Romans. He wrote, the God who made the world and everything in it, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by human hands, nor is he served by humans as if he needed anything, because he himself gives life and breath to everything and to everyone. From one man he made every nation of the human race to inhabit the entire earth. He determined and set times and he fixed the limits of the places where they would live on the earth so that they would search for God and perhaps grope around for him and somehow find him. For he's not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and exist. The incomprehensible God doesn't need anything. How many of you need breath to live, a heart to beat? How many need food and water? We need things to exist. God doesn't need anything to exist. He doesn't need something to exist? How does he sustain himself? Who is he? I, he's incomprehensible. However, it is comprehensible. It is comprehensible to understand that he's not actually far from each one of us. For in him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our being. We exist. Okay, I can understand that. I'm here because he is. Okay, good, I've got that. I can comprehend that. And so God gives me the ability to comprehend of him some things of his immense nature. We can understand that we exist because he is. We can understand that we breathe because he loves. We can understand that we're able to eat and drink because he provides. We're able to understand that, that we are able to survive the, the dangerous nature of this world because he guides us. And like a huge box of his power, of his love, of his immensity, he surrounds us. Even though we can't comprehend the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. The only way we can really understand God is to understand this concept. He lives in us. Okay, I get that. I can, I can understand that God makes himself small enough that he can live within this area, this space. He lives in me. I can understand that. And so God says, I live in you. And God is, lives in us only because His Son, Jesus Christ, who is also God, suffered and died that He might wash all your sins away and through holy baptism enter into you. And because you were imperfect, wash your sins away, make you perfect, that now you become a temple of the Lord. See, our God doesn't 
live in temples made by men. He lives in temples that God made, our bodies. And then he dwells, he dwells in these temples. Incredible. Incredible. And he dwells in you. It's a miracle. It's incomprehensible, and yet it's comprehensible, isn't it? It's incomprehensible, and yet I can understand it. My God loves me enough to dwell in me. My heavens. What a powerful thing. You think your God doesn't love you. You think your God is so far away from you. You think your God doesn't care. You're wrong. You don't understand God. You don't understand his nature. You don't understand who he is. And it's understandable. Because he's beyond our understanding. The hope we have of comprehending God's love is found right here. And that's why we plaster it everywhere. A God who loved us so much that he sends his son Jesus into human flesh so that we can say, look a little baby. Look somebody like us. I can understand that. And then he takes himself and he says, now, then, like I'm, now that I'm like you in a size that you can understand, I'm God. And they said, no, you're not God. Kill him. If he was God, he'd be more powerful. If he's God, we'd understand him. We don't understand. We can understand that guy. He's not God. Let's kill him. And they put him on a cross. And then Jesus says, this is the love that I have for you. This is the breadth, and this is the width, and this is the length, and this is the depth. As I spread out my arms, and I suffer, and I die for the sins of the whole world. Listen, when we fell into sin, we were enemies of God. Enemies. I mean, true, outright, full-fledged enemies. Who dies for enemies? And the Bible says, while you were still enemies, Christ died for you. Who does that? To comprehend the incomprehensible nature of God's grace as he envelops us with that box and assures us that he's always with us, he's always caring for us, he's always loving us. To comprehend the magnitude, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the height and the length and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. Before we can do that, though, we have to comprehend sin. You want to understand the comprehension of God's incredible grace, His mercy, His love, then you have to understand the depravity, the total depravity of our nature. The brokenness of the human soul. The magnitude of our corruption and the curse and the consequence of sin. (coughs) The depth of our sin is the basis for God's love. It's kind of like a measuring stick. You, you measure how deep is our sin, you're going to find out how deep is His grace. And so what's the mess we're in? Sin at its roots is a rebellion. And we rebel against God, we rebel against His ways. We don't even want to really study His Word. We don't really want to know who He is. I get in discussion with unbelievers, and unbelievers hate it when they have all kinds of questions they think you can't answer, and then you start answering them. And then you give answers for all of their reasons for not believing. And I say, I just took away from you all the reasons why you say you don't believe. And they say, I don't care, I still don't believe. I said, so even if I can make God make sense, even if I can make the incomprehensible God comprehensible somewhat to you, you'll still say, I don't believe? And they say, that's right. Even if you make him comprehensible, I still, even if he makes sense, 
I still won't believe. Sin rejects his will. Sin rejects his word. Sin rejects who he is. And we don't understand the consequences, the severity of our sin. That's why we sin. We like to sin. It's part of our nature. We like being disobedient. And we don't perceive sin. And that's sin's true deception, isn't it? We don't perceive how dangerous, how deceiving, how that sin is death. I just buried my brother-in-law yesterday down in Shenandoah. Sin brings death. One of the messages people can hardly stomach anymore when you go to a funeral is you say, and this person who's laying before us, you know why he's dead? He's a sinner. You know the consequences of sin is pretty bad. We're enemies of God and that's what happens to us. So you guys better not be a sinner so you don't end out like this. Because sinners end out dead. But there's good news, isn't there? There's a God who puts us in the center of the box. And Paul says, okay, I want you to think about his love. I want you to think about the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. I want you to know that which is incomprehensible. That which doesn't make sense. That which takes a dead body and says, this dead body will rise again. A God who says, I'm going to send Jesus into the world to take on human flesh and he's going to suffer and die and he's going to be put on a cross and he is too is going to die because of the curse of the world. And he's going to be put into the ground and we're going to say, goodbye, he's gone. And he's going to come back after three days and says, I am alive. And because I am alive, so too you, shall you live. <laughs> who is this guy, they said. This is astounding. This one who walks on the water and stops the storms and the waves. Who is this incomprehensible man? A God who, he says, I want you to comprehend how much I love you. To comprehend the incomprehensible nature of how much God loves you. You have to understand how much he's forgiven you. He not only forgives us, sustains us spiritually, he, for, he sustains us physically too. I mean, you exist because you breathe. You exist because He provides life and breath. He gives us His Word. He blesses all of our endeavors. He daily and richly forgives me and all my sins, right? Our catechism teaches us. We can't comprehend His love and the body. But we can comprehend the Lord's Supper. I may not be able to comprehend the magnitude of His being. But I can receive the body, I can receive the blood, given and shed for me, where I eat it and I drink it for the forgiveness of my sins. I may not be able to understand the magnitude of his love, but I can understand water and how it washes away sin and how it washes away dirt and how the water washes and cleanses and makes me whole again. I can comprehend that. I can comprehend the incomprehensible love of my Savior and my Lord. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is familiar to most of us. For by grace, that undeserved love, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift. It's a gift of God. Listen, if we are to see the depravity of our sin, the true fallenness, and therefore able to comprehend the great power of God's love to save us, that is, that His grace is a gift of God, a gift undeserved, you understand that. And then you will want to live your life out for Jesus, right? 
You understand the depravity. You understand the gift of love. You want to serve him. And that's where Ephesians uh, continues. We don't hear you get to this part. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. You understand your sin. You understand his love. Serve him. Love him back. Keep his commandments. God is so incomprehensible that he's able to take lost and condemned sinners, enemies of God, rescue them, redeem them, and then put them into work in his kingdom. That's incredible. People like me. He's able to use a sinner like me and put me in a pulpit and have me teach people about his grace. Indeed, his love is inconceivable. However, it can be comprehended to the degree that we need to be saved. That we can worship Him and love Him. Put Him first above all things. Be guided by His incomprehensible love for you, to bless you, to protect you, to nurture you, to watch over you, to forgive you, to give you a future, to give you a hope. And that's what He does. And we can grasp all these incomprehensible things by faith. Do not be afraid, little flock, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, for the Father has chosen to gladly give you the kingdom. And that's the incomprehensible nature of God's love. Here, my children, here is my kingdom. Here is my presence. I live in you, and I love you. And for all that, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.